What's up, wrestling fans? Ah, that's right, it's time for a very special edition of 607TWS. That's right, we're going to be talking all things all elite wrestling on this special edition. But before we go any further, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. I am your host of 607TWS, and I'm also the host of the 3FN Podcast. My name is Rich, and joining me as he does in the co-pilot's chair each and every week, ladies and gentlemen, you know him best as the host of the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast, better known as the ODPH. I'm talking about Ken M. 607 Podcast fam, what is happening? What is going on? What is good? What is going on with AEW right now? I have zero clues. I would also ask, what's going on with my audio right now? But I, I think we fixed that. Yes. Cross our fingers. Knock on wood. That's right. You heard it here first. You know, maybe it didn't want us to do a special edition. The listeners wanted us to do a special edition. But this maybe is true. it didn't want us to do it. And that's right. You're joining us for a very special edition. This is not your normal episode of 607TWS. You're not going to get the opening bout, the mid card, and the main event. No, 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 no. You're going to get just one direct thing. And we might do this in the future for other things, but I felt like this was important enough to do it. And we're kind of titling this, and the title of this is going to be AEW Reborn. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like there's kind of a rebirth happening possibly in All Elite Wrestling. There's out of, you know, probably the darkest days of the company. uh, It's weird to say in like a a company that's been around going into its fifth year. Right. That we have the darkest days. But obviously uh, the dark cloud is hanging over the company right now and where they're going and hopefully where they go. So basically I'll give you the outline before we go any further. We're just going to, you know, it's going to be one segment. So we're going to talk. Really briefly, bring everybody up to speed. We're not going to dive too deep into what happened to the scrum. We've all heard it, but we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the the altercation, what mm-hmm. we know of that, what the allegedly's are with that. We have some sides of the story, allegedly. So we're going to go over those things. We're going to go over the suspensions and what's happening with Punk and everything else. We're going to go over last night's Dynamite, because obviously we're recording this on a Thursday, right after Dynamite. And then we're going to go into what we think this means for the future and what, what's going on in All Elite Wrestling. Uh, there's some positives. There's some negatives. There's, there's a lot of great stuff here. And uh, we're going to take that ride with you on this special edition. But before we dive into that, Ken M., Tell the fine folks how to find yourself and the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast. Very simple. Swing on over to odphpodcast.com. Joining the conversation on the social media accounts. They're right there on the front page with the T Public Store and the Patreon. One tier, $2, and a lot of content on the way. Blogs count anywhere can be found in the Parlay Points section, which is a complimentary piece to 607TWS and the ODPH. And for anything else that revolves around the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, swing on over to odphpodcast.com. And, of course, for all information about the 3FN Podcast, visit 3FNPodcast.com. That's the one-stop shop. The Patreon link is there at patreon.com slash 3FNPodcast. For as little as $1 a month, you get a ton of extra bonus content while helping us pay the bills around here. Also, on top of that, there's a link to our T Public store if you want to buy some show swag, some new stuff coming up. And that also does support us a little bit. We do also appreciate it, but we also appreciate seeing the swag in the wild, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, of course, there's the links to the Twitch channel. There's the links to the stuff for the 3FN Podcast, including streaming it right from there and same with 607 TDS. there's friends of the show like the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast you can stream it from there or visit their website right from our website as well uh, there's the music section of the uh, directory which has bands like Floodlands who does the theme song here on 607 TWS support them and everybody else there and of course there's the local sponsors link as, as page as well 
They are the people who help us bring you everything we do, commercial free. Shout out to Dragon Master Games for all your magic, the gathering and gaming needs. Visit them on the World Wide Web, DragonMasterGames.com uh, as the main sponsor. With that being said, though, Ken M., let's let's dive right in. Yeah. But you know what? I'm going to make you happy. That's what I'm here for. I, hear, I, I try to make you happy. So... It's time! That's right, it's time. Let's rip this bad mamma jam off. Let's just start talking. So, unless you've been living under a rock, it's been a tumultuous five days for all elite wrestling. Mm-hmm. I mean, it starts a while back before then. Because, like, let's be honest, the real starts of the punk fractures and fracturing happened back with the Hangman Page feud. That's what we've been told. That's how all of this started with a promo that he did not like from Hangman Page, where he mentioned Colt Cabana. Uh, God God forbid, you know, if you go back to listen to the Eddie Kingston promo before that, way more venom. But he has no problems with Eddie Kingston, allegedly. Shocking, isn't it? Well, it's probably because he doesn't want to get his ass whooped. Let's just be honest, and that's allegedly. Well, yeah, allegedly facts. So, anyways, I'm leaning towards real facts. But on top of that, you know, so let's fast forward a few weeks ago. He cut the, uh, you know, shoot, if you will, went into business for himself, as, as everybody's talked about on Hangman Page. Mm-hmm. Well, Hangman Page was in the back and everybody was kind of like, what the fuck is going on with this whole CM Punk thing? And why is he going into business for himself? And then to bring us up to date, we had the whole angle, which none of us liked, where he got it squashed in three minutes and one second by one John Moxley to become John Moxley to become the first two-time undisputed AEW World Champion to only go on eleven days after that to regain the title in his hometown of Chicago, Illinois, after being slapped in the face by a steel on, on you know television. Now, mind you, some of this was work, some of it was shoot all in there. So obviously, brings you up to speed of all out. Correct? Just in a real quick nutshell. Yes, because that's the the seeds that got planted to go into that big main event. And then after it, well, that's when things changed. So All Out happens in the main event. CM Punk defeats John Moxley to become a two-time reigning undisputed AEW world champion in front of the Chicago crowd. And I think cracks were formed as well there that night because... The night does not end with just the punk celebration. The night ends with the reveal that MJF was the Joker. He won the chip, and he comes back out to a thunderous uh, MJF chance in Punk's hometown of Chicago. And I think that does play a part. We'll get into that later. That's the only reason I'm bringing it up. Right. No, but it is factual, though, to bring it in. So next up, we go to the media scrum right after that. Now that they do live on YouTube, <laughs> is <laughs> they might want to reassess that. Yeah. They also might want to reassess doing like real interviews instead of just doing work shit like everybody else. Like mm-hmm. New Japan is worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, WWE, they do theirs. They're worked. You know, uh, obviously, you know, Roman Reigns walking into a room saying, acknowledge me. And then one reporter goes, I do acknowledge. He goes, you're damn right. You do. And walking out is the, that that's a way better thing to happen after a big event than what happens here. Yes. So let's, like I said, we're not going to dive into those particulars. Meanwhile, but we're going to give, you know, because we did it last week on 607 TWS, so I don't think we have to break out. I think we've all seen the video. But we will go in order. Uh, CM Punk sits down. By the time we, we, the viewer, get into the live feed, he is having a side conversation with Nick Houseman about something at random. Yes. I'm not quite remembering what, but it still was random. And then all of a sudden, he asked he asked Nick Houseman, not Nick Houseman, asked him. This is very important mm-hmm. to the story later on. He asked Nick Houseman if he is still friends with Scott Colton. Yes. 
of course, Scott Colton is the real name of Colt Cabana. Mm-hmm. And Nick Houseman says, uh, well, no, not really not anymore. Really. I don't really talk to him that much, et cetera, et cetera. So he goes, oh, okay, well, neither am I and haven't been for about a decade. And then he goes into this, well, it's weird that a grown man like me has to come out here and answer questions about a person that I, cho- that I chose not to talk to after paying his bills and paying his way for all these years and blah, 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 blah. Well, like I said, we're not going to go on to it. He goes on a hit parade talking about Colt Cabana. To TK's credit, we will give him this credit, he tried to push questions in. Every time a question would come through, he would go back to talking about the Colt Cabana and the lawsuit stuff mm-hmm. or taking shots at the empty-headed fuck named Kingman Adam Page yep. who's going to come out here and say some shit and t- time for apologies is well well over. Then that morphs into, because you have EV, EVPs here that run their mouths to the media and spread lies and rumors about people. I'm here to run a business is what he said. Yes, he I did. don't know what business he's running because he's just an employee of All Elite Wrestling. He wouldn't guess that from Tony Khan not stopping him. Mm-hmm. But he continues on to like run them in, says, you know, you definitely know that he's talking about the Young Bucks. At one point, Junctures, he says this isn't some Hall and Reseda. Uh, referencing where PWG used to right. wrestle out of, uh, which is wonderful. You know what I mean? Fuck him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but moving forward, CM Punk does all these things. At one point in juncture, to be noted, because it's going to become real important when we talk about this, CM Punk says, if you have a problem with me, find me in the hall. Yep. Literally says, if you have an if issue. you have a problem, and we can settle that problem. That is exact words come out of his mouth. During this this scrum, he then gets up and leaves. Mind you, he was eating the whole time, which annoyed me for some reason. Yeah, like just how this whole aesthetic went down, we don't know exactly what was the conversation before they went to air. But as he's there, he's eating and drinking during through because he plugs he plugs a local bakery, and then he just starts rambling about the Colt Cabana situation, and he won't let it go. Tony Khan tries segueing in a little more with uh, MJF coming back. Punk really plays that off quick and then goes right back to Colt Cabana, mentions again about the EVPs and Hangman Page, takes another few shots at them, and every time that they try going back on task, it, it, it comes off as Punk doesn't want to talk about it. Punk wants to talk about Punk and this issue that allegedly has been grinding him for so long now. On top of that, I do want to point out the MJF stuff because it's going to come into fact later on when we're talking, just so I might as well get out of the way here. Mm. There's a couple different times during this where uh, when he does bring up MJF, he goes, oh, I have to deal with that prick too. Yeah. And then he says that I'm tired of playing games with these little kids. Mind you, this is the guy when he first came in, I can't wait to go in the ring and help put over this young talent. Yep. I'm tired of dealing with these children is what he said. And called this, he called MJF a prick, and it, you know he thinks the grass is green on the other side or greener on the other side. But I, you know, that's only because he shits where he eats. And I'm just like, dude, dude, calm it the fuck down. First of all, you know there is definitely issues between AEW and MJF, and we're not even going to jump into all of those, right? But there was definitely things, and now they've come to some kind of working agreement, which is best for the fans, it's best for the company, it's best for everybody involved. Let's mm-hmm. be honest. Yeah. And the first thing you do is try to drive a fucking wedge in it. Well, you know, the the whole aesthetic that came off to me and just my opinion on this is Punk has been back for a year now. And I think that he was expecting everybody to give him the glorious return like Caesar to Rome. And what he's finding out is the fan base is not the same one that he had seven years ago. That the honeymoon phase is over for the AEW fans. They rally around their quote-unquote homegrown talent they rally around Hangman Adam Page. You go on social media and, and find that out real quick if you mention anything about them. MJF, same thing. 
And I think what he's not liking is the fact that those two in particular are more over with the fan base than he is in his mind and in my mind too. And I think that that just that drives him nuts. I agree. I think there's also some other smoke to this fire as well. I think that he is, and I was wrong about this too. We all thought that he was the game changer. Oh, sure. And he really hasn't been the game changer. Let's be honest. Uh, lately, they've hit slightly over a million. Even this episode of Dynamite we're going to talk about was only slightly up from the week before. Mm-hmm. And it's still just over a million. And that's fine. Whatever. We don't really care about the ratings as much because as fans, that's not really our business. But at the end of the day, when you're coming in and you're supposed to be the needle mover, that's the needle you're moving, right? Right. And so he has to care about it. And AEW staff has to care about it. And for some reason, Tony Khan, in his mind, and we'll get to this even deeper later, has said that CM Punk is the reason for all this and I don't think it is. I think it was the rabid fan base who has gone after these young kids and been like, we are with these guys. We want to see these guys succeed. We want to see an alternative to world wrestling entertainment. Mm-hmm. And the bad news now is now the heat's really on because some somehow, and I've used this line a couple times lately, somehow WWE's turned babyface in the last two months because of the departure of Vince McMahon and the rise of the power of Triple H. So there's like there's there's like this really weird spot we're in. That's not really, you know, the whole importance but it does hold weight into this and i think on some level the con man that punk is and that's right i said that right is nervous that he goes oh man and even in his hometown of chicago illinois when mjf came out and revealed himself there wasn't anybody booing mjf they were chanting mjf mm-hmm. as cm punk stood in that ring holding that title up and saying come get it and mjf's making the belt mark around his waist that crowd is chanting mjf loudly all nine thousand people in attendance yeah So I think that that really did play a part in pissing him off. I think that played a part into this media scrum and turning this about me and pay attention to me because that's a CM Punk thing. And I'm sorry if if you if you're a big punk fan, this might be a hard pill to swallow, but you can't say that it's not. And you can put blame on everybody else. We'll we'll get there. Mm-hmm. But I think that the, you got to understand this media scrum thing was all on him. It was super unprofessional, and it was the right thing to do. As a matter of fact, during this, while he's talking about people talking to the press and the media and airing out dirty laundry, he's like, I you know you're airing out the dirty laundry and telling the the journalist all this stuff that's going on, and that's all unprofessional. As he's and that's doing exactly it. what you're doing. He's doing it at a press conference with media. And it's just like, you're fucking deranged. Like, there's no, there's no whatever. Anyways, let's get past that because we've talked about the scrum ad nauseum. Sure. But I just wanted to get it out no, there. No, but we have to like clarify the different though. facts that are out there. So what happens next? Now we're going to get into allegedly's because we don't know exactly what happens. We know that something happened, but we don't know exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. Correct, Ken? Yes. So let's start off by talking about the overview so what we know is after cm punk leaves the scrum Mm -hmm. he goes back to his locker room yes where ace steel and larry the dog are yep and then the young bucks and kenny omega the elite amongst other people which we'll get to but at the time this is the only people we knew confronted him in his locker room yes so that was the first reports that came out by the time we went to air for 607 TWS on Monday, we had found out that there was an altercation. At that time, when we went to air and recorded, I don't think it had been reported it was physical or there was rumor no, of physicality, there, there, there but it was, was just an argument. There was right? rumor that an altercation had gone down, but the details of that were very, very vague. Correct. So now we've got this story that there's an altercation. So fast forward by Wednesday, by Dynamite Day, or actually technically by Tuesday, Pretty much the whole story is out is that there was a physical altercation in CM Punk's locker room between the elite and also 
uh, CM Punk and Ace Steel. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to get into where we're at with that in a minute, but I do want to come back around to talk about who was suspended. So I'm going to read this, and this is being reported by Sports Illustrated, and this is actually what we we were told last night on Dynamite. So this is factual. Mm. Once uh, so. This is kind of backtracking, but I want to read the article, the, this piece of the article. Once Punk exited the press room, he exchanged words in the locker room with Omega and the Bucks, which led to a physical altercation. Punishment for that backstage fight, Sports Illustrated has learned, will include suspensions for every person involved. The list of those receiving suspensions includes Omega, Matt and Nick Jackson, Pat Buck, Christopher Daniels, Micah Nakazawa, and Brandon Cutler. Multiple sources have shared that Punk and Ace Steel will either be among those suspended or will no longer be with the company by the end of Wednesday. Punk met with Khan on Tuesday, so the two had an opportunity to discuss how that exit could be handled. That was according directly according to Sports Illustrated. Now, this has been popping up on news sites. I do want to add this in because uh, this does will shine some light on why things are happening the way they are. Uh, Wrestling News can report that, uh, and I'm sorry if I butcher your name because I always forget how to say your name, Maga Parka, AEW's chief legal officer and EVP, was present for a portion of the CM Punk Elite locker room altercation. Ooh. So I'm assuming she came by while it, while yeah, it was being broken up. Yeah, she came up. in to check it out, yeah. Probably while it was being broken up because she is the number two to Tony Khan right. in AEW, if you don't know. So while Tony was in the other room still doing a press scrum, I'm sure she showed up with the commotion because there's loud commotion. We saw uh, during the press scrum, you see security running from the press scrum mm-hmm. out of the room to the locker room area. Yeah. So that we can only assume, just assumptions, that those press were going to, or that, the security, the security sorry, was all going there. going to the fight. Well, with the many people involved, yeah, absolutely. And the, and the fact that the, the number two in the company was going, like, that's that's a big deal. And that shows how severe this moment was. That with all the people that were announced and being suspended, this is a huge deal and really took away from what should have been a, a crowning moment for AEW. I mean, their biggest pay-per-view of the year. So we still haven't heard anything on the CM Punk portion. We know that he is injured, mm-hmm. quote unquote, quote. air quotes, injured, and is likely to miss eight months to a year is what we're being told early because he hurt himself during the match at All Out. Allegedly, mm-hmm. me personally think that that's the. Uh, remember the old rumor about Michael Jordan that the real reason he retired was because he was getting a suspension for two years for gambling. Yeah, I remember they, hearing that they, rumor. They, yeah, they, they, they kind of touch on it in the last dance a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. I feel like this is the real life version of that. In my opinion, once again, this is just my opinion. Because isn't it weird that everybody else got levied a suspension? Punks was never levied as a suspension, but all of a sudden he's injured for mm-hmm. a great length of time. Mm-hmm. And if he was injured allegedly during the the match, then why is he going allegedly throwing punches? Allegedly, yes, yes, yes. yes. So let's get into the allegedly's. Uh, first of all, the only thing we've heard from the punk side, which has not been uh, what there's been a report out from people around punk mm-hmm. uh, sources for to them the journalists, and I'll give them credit this time. The journalist has been hunting down everybody, so this is probably the most concrete we're going to get until a finalized solution. The only thing we've heard from punk side of the story is allegedly the young bucks kicked in the door. And then he started swinging at the Young Bucks because he feared for his life. Let that sink in, Ken M. That is actually the report that is being reported that, that CM Punk said in his statement to Tony Khan. Allegedly. That the door was locked, the Young Bucks super kicked party the door, and the only reason he went after Matt Jackson right away was because he feared for his life. From the Young Bucks. 
Okay. <laughs> he f- he feared for his life, yet he said at the presser, if you have a problem with me or what I said, to paraphrase, come find me. They went to come find him, and then he was fearing for his life allegedly. Allegedly. Once again, these are all Yeah, these are all allegedly, sir. But that was what a source has told multiple sources. Wow. And that's why it's been reported this way. Wow. So, okay. It gets better. Because now we're going to talk about the Young Buck side. Now, by the, I'm going to say this before I say this. I actually kind of believe this side of the story because it sounds more logical to me. Mm-hmm. So this is what the Young Buck side is. And mind you, this was leaked out to a bunch of sources and has been vetted. And according to, uh, originally, I think it was Fightful who reported it. And then Dave Meltzer said that this is exactly what he heard as well. So these are from sources that are talking to them. Okay. Once again, allegedly, telephone, allegedly for all this, yeah, yeah. But this is all we have right now, and that's why I'm stressing to everybody: don't believe everything you read, because not everything you read is real. Right. Here it is: sources close to the elite say the Bucks went to Punk to talk, just like he told them to. Then that is in quotations, so that's a direct quote from whoever the source was. Mm-hmm. The Bucks did not barge in, but opened the door, and before Matt Jackson could say anything, Punk started throwing punches at Matt's head. Nick went to stop it, but Ace Steel threw the chair at Nick. Kenny went to pick up and remove Larry from the situation because he was freaking out. And after Kenny got Larry out, Ace attacked and bit him. All parties kept shouting and Punk threatened legal action against them. SRS stresses this is only one side of the story and he's heard different from Punk's side. Once again, Punk's side was they kicked in the door and he felt threatened. He, he felt that his life was threatened. <laughs> he feared for his life. Which, that, that right there says all I need to know about Punk's side of the story. Yeah. Because nobody ever has been afraid for their life from the Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. Nobody. So I tend, and I'm not saying that I'm always side with these guys. I'm sure that there's somewhere in the middle is the truth. I tend to believe that this this is a more logical story. That they went to talk to, and mind you, the quotation, the only quote in here that they definitely wanted to get across was just like he told them to. Because he did. Yeah. We all heard it in that scrum. He invited whoever to come confront him about it. Mm-hmm. If they had a problem with it. So they did. They're probably tired of him running down their friends. They're probably tired of him running them down. And then on top of all of that, they probably, and this is just me putting, once again, my opinion, that's not fact, but I'm putting myself in their shoes. They probably just also saw their friend, their boss, but also their friend, the guy that them and the and that Cody Rhodes went to to start All Elite Wrestling. In case we forget, that's how All Elite Wrestling came about. Mm-hmm. Like, I love how we try to write the story differently. But the, at the end of the day, it was the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes who threw All In. Yeah. After All In, Tony Khan said, hey, I'd like to start a wrestling promotion. So that was off the back of All In. That was the original reason why Ring of Honor was threatening legal uh, disputes with them because they thought they were in cahoots previously. Too. Right. So the, we don't know if they were pre, uh, previously in cahoots, but we do know that after All In, that's where All Elite Wrestling came from. Is the idea of Matt, Nick, and Cody. Yeah. And the finances of Tony, Tony Khan. Khan. And over the past years of the company, Tony Khan has usurped all the power back, as we've talked about before, and has wedged a drift into between most people. Hence, we know Cody Rhodes is no longer with the company. Mm-hmm. Correct? Yes. By the way, just to throw this out there, Brandy Rhodes tweeted, I'm sick of fucking being nice. Yeah. 
So I, I, I wouldn't doubt sooner than later if you thought this thing wasn't going to get stickier. If they keep fucking with the Young Bucks and Omega, I think who are the friends of Cody Rhodes? I think maybe Cody won't, but Brandy's about to tell ever spill the tea on exactly what happened with their exit. Oh, I could believe it. And uh, that might not be pretty. And it might have something to do with CM Punk, is all I'm saying. Because it's weird timing, right? Uh Uh-huh. That is a very oddly timed tweet. But anyways, those are just, that's all speculation for a different time. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about these stories coming about about the altercation? Now, mind you, we heard that now Nakazawa is suspended, Daniels is suspended, uh, Brandon Cutler is suspended, Pat Pat Buck. Buck is suspended. Mind you... I don't understand what they had to do with this. So that needs to be because all the altercations so far from both sides is that either they walked in or kicked in the door and that punk punk, even by his own admission, even though he said he quote unquote feared for his own life, he, by his own admission, he threw the first punch at Matt Jackson mm. and then all hell broke loose. But where in here is Nakazawa, Pat Buck, Brandon Cutler, who I'm assuming taped it. Yeah. And so we know there's probably a tape because he tapes everything else. The only thing I can guess is, all right, so coming off these stories, I mean, the one that makes sense to me right now, logically, is the one that was being reported the Buck side. Like, that makes sense to me to a degree because I think we're still in the allegedly stages from everything. And it's like the game of telephone. You tell somebody this, you tell somebody that, blah, blah, blah. It's never going to be the truth until you figure out the third side. That said, Nakasawa is suspended, Cutler is suspended, Daniel suspended, Buck suspended, the or Pat Buck is suspended, both Jacksons are suspended, Omega, Steel, Punk. Nine people, mm-hmm. if I'm doing the math right. What I'm guessing, and this is only a guess, is when the fight happened... The other individuals, Danielson, Nakasawa, Nadezu, Daniels, or Daniels, yeah, <laughs> no, don't get it confused. Yeah, Brian yeah. Danielson was not there. Hangman Page also not there. Hangman Page had went home. So did the FTR. Yep. Just so everybody knows. So the other names that were involved, the non wrestling uh, faction, we'll say, I think probably got involved trying to separate it. But if punches are getting thrown, maybe some got thrown in the mix and they they got suspended along the way. I have zero <laughs> zero. Uh, problems believing knowing Christopher Daniels and Pat Buck that if punches were thrown that they didn't throw some punches back. Oh, I'm sure. I'm not, I'm not accusing them of anything, but once right, again, right, right. if a motherfucker wants to throw hands, then we're, you know, it's a fight. Everybody's, everybody's grown ass men. Let's fucking throw hands. Exactly. That's the thing. If you're in a, if you're in a room and a fight is breaking out and guess what? Some punches are coming near you. You're throwing back. That is the, the natural reflex of things. So that's how I see that happening or happening. Am I saying it did? No. I'm just saying if I'm if I'm piecing this I together, think there was, I think there was a bunch of breaking up with going on and then probably some more skirmish, whatever, whatever, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But it was enough that the company, specifically the chief legal officer, because I'm assuming that's where she walked in, uh, was that's why the suspensions went out. Yes, I fully believe that. So I, I, when the powers of be came down and saw this, they that's when they're starting to suspend. And that's the right move to do here. Exactly. I have no problems with suspensions, by the way. The only problem, I, like I said, I, that I have is that we were told nothing of Ace Steel because they never mentioned that. Allegedly, all we heard from uh, the dirt sheets, and only the dirt sheets, was that he was sent home. Yes. And then, so I'm assuming suspension, but never said suspension. And then with Punk, it was, oh, he's injured. They never mentioned the word suspension, which kind of pisses me off because I'm telling you it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. 
Well, we all know that everybody's getting suspended for a while because they, you know, as we found out, they stripped the belts, which we're going to get to that in a second. Yeah. But, so we come out of this, and the kudos, kudos has got to go probably to MAGA because uh, she is probably the person responsible for the third party investigation as well yeah so kudos to them to keeping it in house and not getting the legal uh you know you know some people were worried the cops were going to get involved or lawyers and judges which could happen i know that some tempers flared uh there has been reports that (laughs) that both the jacksons and omega were like fuck this give us our release Mm -hmm. or else we're going to sue yeah uh i've heard that punk According to them as well, they they didn't say that, but according to the Bucks, Punk was saying about suing them personally and all Elite Wrestling. Oh, I'm sure. But then again, you know he's he's very litigious. He's very he doesn't win in court though. So why yeah. the fuck does he want to go back to court? Well, like this whole thing with the the whole thing that started off here is his inability to get over the Scott Colton business. So let's take revisit that real quick mm-hmm. because that is that is going to that's one of the things that people might have forgotten. The whole thing with Scott Colton, aka Colt Cabana. Let's just call him fucking Colt Cabana because that's what most people know. Yes, yeah. but the thing with him was simple as this back when CM Punk left WWE now mind you let's not rewrite history here like we're going to go back to you know how we talk about inconvenient truths mm-hmm. the inconvenient truth about Punk leaving WWE was always that oh he was injured or sick and they misdiagnosed him and he went home because of that that is fucking absolute grade A number one bullshit the reason CM Punk went home is he found out at the Royal Rumble, which he still was in the match, he found out at the Royal Rumble that he was not winning the Royal Rumble, he was not going on to main event WrestleMania, instead he would be getting a match with Triple H, where he told Triple H, and I quote, I will quit this company before I ever give you the satisfaction of me pinning you. Because mind you, he was told he was going to win. Yeah. So he basically told him, I will fucking leave this company before I give you the satisfaction of me beating you. Think about that. Yeah. Legend in his own mind, right? So, so the problem is, is that's why he left. Go back and listen to the if you because you can still find out there. Mm-hmm. It, it's still bootlegged a lot of places. The art of wrestling. Colt Cabana, CM Punk, the podcast that costs lawsuits. He does mention on that podcast about the staff infection and stuff. But remember, it is that is where the problem lies. Because CM Punk took his ball and went home. He was unhappy that he wasn't going in. And then he was even more upset because they offered him to come back to work a bunch of times. He was more upset that Brian Danielson, a.k.a. at the time, Daniel Bryan, was going to become champion at WrestleMania 30 because that was his spot. Mm-hmm. You got to remember, he he was advocating for change as long as CM Punk was the person who got the change. Right. The, his, the change that he advocated for went to Daniel Bryan. We can all admit that. That happened. Mm-hmm. And once again, it would have never gone to him because remember... When he left the company at that Royal Rumble, the crowd was upset that that Daniel Bryan was not in that match. Oh, they booed completely. They booed Rey Mysterio. Yeah. So even if Punk would have won, they would have booed and not wanted him in the main event, and they would have still had to insert Daniel Bryan, and Daniel Bryan would have still fucking won the title. Mm -hmm. So once again, Punk would have never handled that well, because he also is upset and still butthurt that he never made an event at a WrestleMania. He, He says that, oh, I did with The Undertaker, but no, according to himself, even on that Art of Wrestling podcast, right. he had said that they can tell you there's five main events, but there's only one one main event it's whatever goes on last mm-hmm. listen if you can go back and find it trust me i've listened to it enough in my fucking life you will you'll look at cm punk in a whole different light because you read through the line so anyways on that podcast is where he brought up the staff infection and being misdiagnosed and blah 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 blah, blah. and because of that wwe found they're in yep and that's right wwe i will say it wwe found they're in they back the the doctor their doctor in, in a lawsuit against CM Punk and Colt Cabana. Mm-hmm. And they lost. Colt Cabana and CM Punk lost the lawsuit. 
because they were they were spreading defamation mm-hmm. and they were held liable for it. So that is what happened. They were both sued and the doctor won mm-hmm. because when they came, they couldn't prove that he misdiagnosed the fucking thing. So it was all just punk talking shit. And once again, if you're a CM Punk fan, and you're like, you're an asshole. You don't know the story. Just go back and look and look at the legal record. They won. They they lost the lawsuit. Right. The doctor won money. Mm-hmm. So anyways, after that, during the time, there was an audio recording. Actually, during the Art of Wrestling podcast, he mentions that, hey, a lawsuit might come, but I'll pay for it in, in the actual podcast. But then there was other tapes and phone calls offered up to the judge that CM Punk was going to pay for Colt Cabana's legal representation because it was on him. Mm-hmm. And when they went to go to court, CM Punk's like, here's my lawyer. You need to get your own. So Colt Cabana had to literally hire his own lawyer. So then after, Colt Cabana sued CM Punk for breach of an agreement. Guess who won that? Take a guess. Colt Cabana did. Because once again, there was all this evidence that Phil Brooks had, had told him that he would do this in message, in email, in voicemail, on podcast. And then he proceeded not to. Mm-hmm. So the fucking line about, and then what drove me nuts is, listen, man, as a man, during that scrum, when he said, oh, then we found out that it was him and his mother sharing an account. I don't give a fuck if the man shares an account with his mother, but if you bring somebody's mother in it, you better be ready to fucking fight. And unfortunately for everybody, you know, Colt Caban is not there and he's too nice of a fucking guy. Because I'm, I'm telling you, if I was Colt Caban, I'd beat the shit out of him for that one. Oh, yeah. Because it's just a bullshit, low life, whatever thing to do. Believe what you want from punk. But those are the facts. Am I, did I no, say no, you didn't say anything wrong? wrong? No, absolutely not. So this is a history. That's why when Jonathan Coachman made the statement a few months when, when he went into business for himself, oh, CM Punk, unhappy and causing a stir? Gasp. Never would have saw that coming. Yep. It was a joke to everybody because, and everybody got mad in arms. Oh my God, how could Coach say that? Fuck you, Coach. You don't know. He's the best in the world. <laughs> now, now he's destroying your company from the inside. Mm-hmm. Right? So he's the best in the world, guys. But here's my problem is when if you know all of these things and you paint this picture, why would you believe a fucking thing this man says? <laughs> That's the whole pr- the problem is the fans want to cr- create this illusion. And by the way, let's leave the fans out of this because the fans don't make the fun of this. I'm talking about Tony Khan, but yes, oh, yeah, the fans want to have but, a delusion. But Tony is a fan, too. That's true. Okay. That's that's the whole point of this. When you when you start getting this illusion of, of how things are supposed to be and when they turn on not to. It's hard for people to admit they were wrong and then try fixing that. And that's the situation you have here. Because time in and time out, we've had instances since the return that we've started seeing these cracks in the foundation. And yet now the floodgates completely broken. All hell is broken loose. Agreed. And now we get to the PSA portion before we get into the positive. (laughs) The PSA portion portion of this show, ladies and gentlemen, is called using the term work for things mm-hmm. none of this was a work no by the way and none of it is and i've heard people say the whole thing oh it's for ratings it's for this big money thing um if it was for ratings ladies and gentlemen i have the ratings for dynamite last night sitting in front of me are you ready ken yeah let's do it so the ratings for aw dynamite last night was uh 1.035 million with 0.38 in the demo that's it okay in comparison, last year for the same week, they had a 1.319 million with a 0.52 in the demo. It was a, last year was the biggest uh, dynamite yes. in history. Yes. But they barely cleared a million. Ready? I, I also want to give you this number. Last week, they did a 1.02 with a 0.35. So they only went up uh, 0.15. 
point zero one five. Yeah, point zero one five. Point zero one five in the rating, and they owe it up point three in the de- de- demo. So point three more tuned in, and that's probably what caused it. And for the demo, that is. That's telling. That is speaking volumes. Because here's the here's the deal. We knew that there was issues with Punk here and the perception going around that this should have been the highest rated dynamite of all time. But have fans just tuned out enough from the from the nonsense going on that they're just not there because this is the the regular fan base, so to speak? That would be the question I have because every time they've tried doing a rating spike going into All Out and now the week after, this has failed if everything's a work. Like we do know, obviously, doing the main event for All Out two weeks early on Dynamite backfired on them. The ratings were not exactly stellar. They still were good, but not stellar. Last week, obviously, the the go-home show did not do as well, but still did decent numbers. But we're saying for game-changing numbers. Now you had all the drama that everybody has been talking about in the wrestling world, and you barely clear a million? Barely? Exactly. So for those people who thought this was a work to draw a rating, it did not work if it was. And I doubt it highly because here's why this was never a work, folks. And I listen, listen to Uncle Rich when he tells you this. Mm. This is what we're going to talk about. In wrestling, there's a certain amount of things that, you know, and we'll get into the positives of this, too, in a second. But in wrestling, when you're do, when you're doing a booking for somebody who is booked in the past, which I did. What happens is you want the, the story to engage the largest amount of audience that it can. Whether you know, you're an independent wrestling company or you're World Wrestling Entertainment, it doesn't matter. You're trying to engage an audience with your story. The last thing you need to do is confuse your audience. Because once you confuse the audience, the audience will tune out. Now, mind you, yes, the audience likes reality. Uh, the NWO proved that in the mid-90s, sure. in the Attitude Era, et cetera, et cetera. The, we do. But when there's confusion... It's weird. So here's why this was never going to be a good idea. Now, mind you, we've saw some piss poor booking uh, coming in with the squash into having CM Punk be the triumphant, you know, winner of of the belt at the pay per view in his hometown. Mm-hmm. So that was bad booking. But this would have been Mount Everest levels of bad booking, and I don't think Tony Khan's actually this dumb. So the problem is, is that now, so you have this night where you have the crowning hero, CM Punk, who's going to lift that belt at the end of the night. But earlier in the night, we had the Joker. We had somebody win the chip under, you know, mysterious circumstances. And at the end of the night, we find out it's the person that the wrestling world has talked about for three months in their absence. And that would be one MJF. Mm Mm-hmm. To the point that that Chicago crowd, even though he's an asshole, even though he's the heel, even though he is the devil himself, chanted his name to leave us with this beautiful moment. Because in wrestling terms, that was our next story. Mm-hmm. MJF returning the devil himself to go after and play mind games with the, the, the hero champion, CM Punk. And last time, CM Punk had, had edged him out and he thought he banished the devil but the devil's back and the devil wants wants his flesh if you will. Mm-hmm. He's going to take that belt from him and there's your story. Yeah. It writes itself, right? It works perfect. And it sounds like now that they are doing the chip as a money in the bank thing according to MJF's, mm-hmm. you know, promo on on Wednesday. But we'll get to that in a second. But anyways, there it is. There's the story. The fucking story writes itself, right folks? Mhm. So then why would you then monkey that up with uh the young bucks and uh Kenny Omega and Ace Steel, who's not even a fucking wrestler, and all that stuff. And Colt Cabana, where there's never no payoff. So let's say that you're saying, okay, no, but Rich, you don't understand. They needed to get there with with MJF. Well, no, they already are there because they have the stipulation that makes that a thing. Yeah. 
But okay. So let me ask you this. If you're doing a work, and I'm asking, this is going to be directly to you, Ken, but this is at home too. I want everybody to think. If you're doing a work, right? Mm. Wouldn't you name somebody in the work that works for the company? Yeah, of course. So when you're working and you're like, okay, we're just trying to get a story in between this MJF thing. Why would you go on a tirade about Colt Cabana, who has an ROH deal, but is not allowed to be at AEW tapings? If it's a work, no, you don't do that. If you're doing a work on this situation, you know what he should have done? If He should have gone after Wardlow. Right, right. But here's the thing. Okay, but the Bucks in, in Omega are, you know, whatever. So he goes after Cole Cabana. Mm-hmm. He goes after Hangman Page again, who's not even in the building. Yeah. He then goes after and sets his targets on the EVPs. Yeah. Okay, in the scrum, mm-hmm. which, once again, is not a work. But it would make no sense as a work. Because then what's what happens next? Okay, so what happens next is we have this altercation. All right, so what would happen, and I heard this floated around, if it was a work, right, we do this altercation, and then we would get Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, the Elite, versus CM Punk and the FTR. Where was the FTR when all this happened? They took off. They left. Mm -hmm. So don't you think if it was a work, the FTR and, and, and CM Punk would have been beating on the Elite? And not Ace Steel pulling hair and biting and throwing chairs? Exactly. Which makes no sense. So none of this made any sense to be a fucking work. This was never a work. It was all real life. And it was fucking dirty. Okay? Mm. Here's the thing. Can they make, Could they make money off of this? Sure, a lot of people have made money off of shit. But obviously something happened that we do not know yet. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said speculation can run wild. But we'll find out as, as time goes on. Something happened that we don't know about yet. And the reason I say that is because the decision that was made. Now we're jumping to Wednesday. The decision that was made when we finally got Tony Khan on screen was to, well, before we heard about the suspensions, we knew Punk wasn't going to be there. We knew Ace Steel was home. Mm -hmm. Then on Dynamite, we find out that he stripped, not we're having an interim champion named. No, no, no. We're stripping the trios titles and the AEW world title. They're all vacant. And tonight, we're going to have a six-man tag match to determine the trios champion, and then we're going to start the 495th tournament to decide the AEW champion. Yeah. I'm just taking a shot because it's just, damn, they should have just, honestly, they should have just done one match, but whatever. So here we are, although I'm kind of excited because we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, So it kind of benefits me in a weird way, but still, I still thought it would have been better for one match. But let's go back to it. They have stripped the titles. Yeah. So that means they're not coming back right away. Because if they were coming back right away, why strip the titles? Exactly. If they were only going to take a two-week suspension or even a month, why strip the titles? There's no reason to strip the titles. So that means there's something that we don't know about that was so egregious that he thought the best option was to strip the titles because they're not going to be on TV long enough. Am I reading too much into this, or is that no? You're absolutely right? no. You're you're seeing everything perfectly because the problem is if they were going to do this. I mean, and we've seen a precedent too. If somebody was going to be out for a while due to injury or, or circumstances, we've done interim belts. This we have is, an interim women's champion right now. Yep, this has been a staple in AEW. The fact that he stripped everybody of the belts. Tony is waiting to see the legal ramifications coming from this. Mm-hmm. That's how it reads to me. I agree. I thought he played it perfectly. I will give him his due on this. Uh, honestly, the only thing I'm going to judge him for is not telling the... And I, I'm on with Bully Ray on this. Bully Ray said this. I'm going to on uh, Busted Open this morning. We're, once again, Thursday. Sorry, I keep forgetting that I have to tell people that. Yeah. <laughs> but Bully Ray had said, and, I, and I, I agree, he didn't give a why. So... I don't need him, and I've, I've heard him being crucified by other people. I know SB crucified him for not telling the fans what happened. 
I don't think he needs to tell the fans, and Bully was on this. This is what Bully said, and I agree with this. He doesn't need to tell the fans exactly what happens. That's none of their business, mm-hmm. especially when there's an investigation because that could throw monkey wrench in it. Mind you, this is not a legal investigation by the police or whatever. This is a third-party investigation. Though. Yeah. So there, whatever's coming out of this could have ramifications. People could actually lose their jobs. Mm-hmm. The True story. No, Depending absolutely. Depending upon what happened. Here's the thing. I think the why should have been like, hey, as most of you have known, there was some noise, altercation, whatever word you want to use, a kerfluffle, uh, fucking some shit went down backstage, basically. And it's unacceptable. All the parties have been suspended for it. So because they're suspended for an indefinite amount of time, we are having these titles vacated. I think if he would have just thrown that Y out there, just said, hey, due to due to unforeseen circumstances in an, in an event that happened that was very real and very behind the scenes, we're not going, and because there's still things going on, we're not going to bring that to light. That's not what we're here for. But all the parties involved have been suspended, which means the people suspended left the trios title and the world title vacated. And this is what we're going to do about it. And I think if he would have said that and just gave a little information, not like what happened, he doesn't owe it to any of us, believe it or not. I know there's some fans that are going to be like, but Rich, he does. No, he doesn't. Mm. Especially, like I said, when there's an investigation. They want to find out really what happened. They want to find out what party was there. And there's the other thing people have to remember is there's contracts and legal things involved. Yeah. So let's say that CM Punk... I'm just, and I'm, once again, this is not what I'm saying is happening. I'm just saying, I'm using it as an example. Let's say CM Punk is deemed that he assaulted an EVP, and that is enough, but is it enough to cancel his contract? Mm-hmm. Is it enough, or is, or is Tony Khan going to continue to have to pay his contract even though he's fired? So that's the kind of things they're investigating right now. They're also in probably investigating it for everybody there, but I'm just using that as an example. Right, right, I got you. Because with contracts involved and guaranteed money involved, that means where is the line where it voided your contract? Mm -hmm. And that is exactly what they're doing. Now, I'm not saying everybody's going to get fired. I'm not saying anybody's going to get fired, but that could happen depending upon what they find. Mm -hmm. Right now, everybody's suspended until they figure out what what happened, what really happened. See, for me... I actually wasn't mad at Tony about it because this is the way I looked at it. Obviously, there's a lot of information they're still going to have to dig up concerning this whole situation. And what I think he wanted to do is he was relying on everybody. You already know the facts. Well, you know the alleged. The alleged, I should say. But just you know for, what happened. Yeah, you know what you know what happened. So he doesn't want to say anything that could come back later. However, I do want to say this, and this is where I credit Bully for it. And once again, I didn't you didn't need to say much. You could just say they're suspended. Sure. The reason I think there should have been a, and mind you, I'm not saying he did anything wrong. Yeah. I still think I still agree what he did. I think he just dropped the ball on this part. And it's not like like, oh man, like it ruined everything. No, no, right, no. Right, I, just, I, get you, I, get you. I think he could have put a bookend on this for now. He really could have. And the reason I say that is because what about the casual fans who don't go on the internet? And there they do exist. Oh, I grant you, but I know that people don't think they exist, but there's plenty of people who don't get into the Twitter who might not know. They don't care about the backstage door. I know people right now, and, and no shots, especially if you're listening, and I love this about some people, who they know wrestling's not real, mm-hmm. but they treat it as such, and they don't go online because they don't want that to be ruined. It's just like going to the movies. Right. Like, when you go to the movies, you want to suspend belief. I know people who do that, and I don't judge them because I think they're probably the smartest people out of all of us because they're not. But here's the thing. Some of them might not know, so then you're going, why were those guys not here anymore? But the only way, and like I say, I'm not defending this, but my interpretation of this, mm-hmm. AEW has always, has always catered specifically to the internet fan. 
So they haven't catered to the casual fan. Which what needs to change, which and we've talked need, about. And we'll yeah, talk about that at length right, some right. other time, not here. But, but that's but that's why they did what they did. Right, See, I that's, agree. But that's, I, that, I, I'm not saying I agree with it, but I'm saying like looking at the logic behind it. I agree with your logic, and once again, you're bringing logic to a party about wrestling. Yeah, just throwing it out. there. I know, but <laughs> I, I also agree with Bully Ray on this. I really do believe he should have just thrown a why. I'm not saying he should have came out and said everything. He should have just said, "Hey, listen, suspensions were handed down for events out of our control as a company. Mm. So in response, we have vacated these belts because then people go, oh, okay." So, but once again, I think he still handled it well. Vacating yeah, sure. the titles was the right thing to do. Mm. And then I'm going to give him all the credit in the world and him and the team and the wrestlers of All Elite Wrestling. Before the show, we know that they held another meeting of talent. And the head of the meeting, the three heads of the meeting, I should say, were Brian Danielson, Chris Jericho, and John Moxley. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to have locker room leaders, <laughs> have at it. Chris Jericho, we mentioned on the show, did seem really bothered about what happened at the scrum. Yeah. And it seemed like that carried over to Wednesday because his exact line in his promo was, this is my fucking locker room and nobody's ever going to take it from me. I don't think that was a line that was meant. It wasn't a throwaway line. That wasn't a throwaway. I think that line was meant for the parties at fault here. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's talk about, obviously, we had an amazing work promo (laughs) from MJF. Mm -hmm. Although I have some critiques and I'll say that in a second. But we had an awesome, uh, I love how he came out and cut the uh, the face promo. Yes. I thought it was epic. I thought he was eating it up. I I wish, the only thing I have is I wish they would have kept the the face persona going. Mm -hmm. I wish they wouldn't have just switched it right over. I wish they would have milked that through when he gets the belt. Because that would have been hilarious to just milk it through. Because Moxie could have still came out and called him full of shit. And him be like, okay, I'm sorry you feel that way, buddy. I I, I promise that I'm here, Team AEW, and then walk away. Mm-hmm. But they, they decided to go the other route, which, come on, masterful heel promo as well. Yeah. <laughs> so the man cuts a masterful face promo and then cuts a masterful heel promo afterwards. My only, my only suggestion in that promo is I made the comment earlier about how somehow WWE's become the baby face in the last couple months with wrestling fans. And so the MJF popping off lines about WWE got a positive reaction from the crowd, if you didn't notice. Mm-hmm. When he was like, oh, I'm going to go take this belt and I'm going to take it to a real wrestling company. The crowd popped. Yeah. And I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and go work for the only real con in this business, good old St. Nick, yeah. dropping Nick Khan's name, which, of course, as we all know, is the president, president and co-CEO or, of WWE. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's weird, like, to drop those names because those are really insider. And I get it that most of the fan base is insider, so they understand that. And that's, but if you listen to the Buffalo crowd, there's a portion of them that went, oh, oh they popped. Yeah. No, they, well, that's always And then, been of WWE course, they really popped there. for the game line. Mm-hmm. They popped for Cody Rhodes. They popped for the game. So, it's really dangerous to use that as your heel promo because right now, WWE is the babyface company. Yeah. If you will, for lack of better term when using wrestling terms. So, I think that they, they're going to have to tone that back. Also, on the night where you're correcting things and the, there's all that turmoil, I think that they should have laid off of it a little bit. I do get that they are trying to make money here, and I'm okay with it because I get it. He's representing them now, mm-hmm. and it's us versus them. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm fine with that. I really am. I just think that it was bad timing considering the fact, and I'm going to bring up a Tommy Dreamer point today from Busted Open Radio as well. He said they might want to be careful doing that because if WWE keeps building the momentum and as fans are tuning back in in more droves, He's going to become a baby face talking about world wrestling entertainment. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like one of those baby face moments. It's a weird, bizarre switch where it's going to be weird where he's going to say, hey, I'm going to take this belt and lay it at the altar of Triple H. And the crowd's going to go, yes, lay that belt at Triple H's feet. Mm-hmm. Papa H needs the gold. 
Like that's really what's going to happen. If oh, they don't so be careful. it's going to happen. And I'm I'm not saying that it's going to stay that way forever, but like right now, you got to you got to kind of read the room, and the room is like kind of switched here, which is fine. And I know there's some diehards out there. It's fine. I get it. For the diehards, it's perfect. But for the casual fan who was cheering in Buffalo, New York, mm-hmm. <laughs> even after he insulted them, yeah, that should tell you something. But let's not over. I don't want to stay on that one too long. I just want to put on some things. Unless you had something you wanted to add to that. No, I mean you hit it right on the head with all those points, and that's the one thing that. They they got to really watch now as they're moving forward with MJF because I when he cashes in and Mark Mords he's going to cash in a grand slam in front of the, his home crowd that place is going to explode correct so next up and this is the important part is the Moxley promo mm-hmm. because I thought man I was ready to go to war for Tony Khan and AEW after hearing the John Moxley promo I'm, I'm being serious no, it was I a fantastic was, promo. And I love how it was set up. I love the fact, and, and some people were like, I can't believe Tony Khan did that thing from the back, and he didn't come out in front of the crowd. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan that he didn't, because if he would have came out, there was booze when his when his image it came out. the video screen. came out, yeah. So could you imagine if he would have come out in front of the crowd and they would have fucking eviscerated him? We would have never gotten a good line out. They were happy when he told them about title matches and da-da-da-da-da, but they were not happy to see him. People are blaming him. And I get it. And I'm, I'm glad he obviously gets it mm. because he stayed in the back on the teleprompter instead of coming out in front of the crowd. Yep. I guess later in the night after the show, because the show was really good, folks. But at the end of the night, Tony Khan likes to come out. I guess he got a thunderous applause. So that's cool. He won the crowd back. <laughs> but in the beginning of the night. No, beginning he, of the night, it was he, rough. But obviously. He did the, but he did the right thing. Yeah. Oh, no, he, 110%. And, and instead of you coming out, who do you send out? Fucking John Moxley, the man who is the ace of AEW. I said it. I said it in a tweet last night. I'm saying it fucking here. He is the ace of AEW. He is when he said he was the heart and soul, he is. Like that crowd was eating out of the palm of his hand and it's all things you could tell he felt. Mm-hmm. I love how he talked about the belt. I love how he put importance on that title. I love how, you know, because here we are again, this belt is now vacant again. You know, the it's it it changed hands once, you know, twice and then it's been you know, CM Punk never lost a belt technically. I mean, he did, I guess in that squash. Yeah. But think about it, he basically went away injured twice now. In storyline, mm-hmm. right? So, like, it's really hard to be like, that title means shit, you know? But the fact that he told how what it meant to him and what it should mean to everybody. And the fact I loved that the one line that I think people overlooked is when he literally goes, I am embarrassed today. Yeah. So he said what everybody in the back and everybody, every AEW diehard fan and even fans like us of AEW were thinking, we're mm-hmm. fucking embarrassed about what happened. And he said it. And you're like, fuck yeah, Moxley, say, say, say we're embarrassed. Somebody, somebody has to. I mean, that's the one thing with that locker room. That you have people there that should be vocal. And obviously, if you're sitting there calm about what happened, if you're an AEW roster member right now, that's insulting because your brand is going up in flames. And somebody needs to step up there, whether it's Moxley, whether it's Kingston, whether it's Danielson, whether it's Jericho. Somebody's got to step up there and say, okay, we've now hit rock bottom. We need to assess and rebuild and get this back on track. Because we took a very big L in social media, public perception, you name it. It's wrestling. Perception is reality. Yeah. And that was a huge L because, you know what, everybody that was watching WWE was laughing all hysterically about it. And this is where you really need to rally your fan base. This is where Tony's got to listen to that locker room and really say, okay, we took that L. How do we make it a W going into full gear? Set the short-term goal. Well... I mean, I, going back to Busted Open today, they talked and now they talked a little bit about how Triple H. If you didn't believe Triple H wasn't sitting home watching all this going <laughs> and just snickering to himself, oh god, yeah. And it's not because he's evil and he's whatever. It's just because in, in competition, 
all all's fair in love and war. Mm-hmm. And at this point in juncture, here's this company, and 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 Tommy Dreamer said the best. He's like, this isn't you know. He was like, when when Vince was there, Tony Khan could be more liberal and more like sparse and smack you know him in the face because t- Vince didn't care. He didn't fucking think anything of them. He could care less of their existence because he knew that, that it wasn't worth it. So you know they got their little jabs and occasionally, occasionally you know like a like a cat will do you know WWE would kind of swipe back a little bit just to fuck with them and then we'd move on right yeah unfortunately for them Triple H isn't that kind of guy Triple mm. H is 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 die hard what he does and that's what they're both they're like we're both friends with Triple H he's a fucking great guy but if you're on the wrong side of him yeah he will do whatever he has to to prove you wrong to put you down and to put you out and that is exactly what he's going to do. He has no interest in all elite wrestling being around or being good. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care because it's not his, and, and, and he shouldn't for all you people who think that everybody should get together and sing Kumbaya. That's not how business fucking works, man. Exactly. It's not like Coke and Pepsi are coming together for the new Coke flavored Mountain Dew. Mm-hmm. Everybody makes it sound like every company should work together in this forbidden door shit. Forbidden door only works if it benefits both companies. If not, it's just like what AEW has done where it's only benefited them. And then you don't think WWE doesn't see that? Roman Reigns going on to Dynamite is going to draw a bigger number than sending Kenny Omega to SmackDown. Because SmackDown will still stay at its two million. Mm. Whereas the show that has a million, if you put Roman over there, it'll go over two million. Oh, easily. And that's not because I don't like Kenny Omega. As I've said before, I am a Kenny Omega mark. No, but who's the real needle mover? Roman Reigns. But we're talking about the biggest draw in pro wrestling currently. Mm-hmm. And let's not fool ourselves to think otherwise. Yeah. So I, I the, the whole happy world that, that, you know, and it's really weird to me, and I said it this past week when we talked about it on the show. It's really weird that Tony Khan has taken all these swipes and done all this shit and talked all this shit. And then when WWE fire, fucking fires back, and now that they're in a position where Triple H is not going to let it slide. Mm-hmm. He's all of a sudden playing the victim. Yeah, like come on, man, you can't do that. You gotta, you gotta sit up at that table and not gonna take this fucking shit. Remember, mm. not gonna take this fucking shit. Then don't. But here's the thing: if you're gonna dish it out, they're gonna come for you. Exactly. So I'm sure Triple H was sitting back in his chair, going, <laughs> "These sons of bitches." Mm-hmm. But let's not talk about that because honestly, this show is great. Like, for what it need to be. I'm not saying it's the best product we've ever seen. I'm not saying it's bad. But I will agree 100% with what Tommy Dreamer and a couple other people I talked to on the internet said. And I'm going to say this. This is exact. It reminded me of year one AEW. Yeah. It where, it was, where it was. Everybody was energetic. They were, where they, were, they were cutting the best promos they could cut. They were doing the best work they could do. The in-ring stuff looked great. The six-man tag was fantastic. Mm-hmm. The Jericho, uh, no, sorry, not Jericho, the Danielson. Garcia. And the, well, no, well, yes, the Garcia and Wheeler match to end the night was fantastic. The uh, Danielson and Page. and Page match was fantastic. Like, and even Penelope Ford versus uh, Tony Storm was great. Mm-hmm. Penelope Ford has come back on a whole other level. I hope they push her. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just saying, and, and there was a some couple questions. I understand what they did with the uh, the acclaimed. Yeah. Because they just wanted to tease the crowd that he was going to cut a promo about that situation. Yeah, I think but they couldn't let Max Caster do it. And, and and I don't think Max Caster, being a company guy, and that's not saying bad. That's a good thing. I don't think he would have ever taken advantage of that. But you can't put him in the seat where he doesn't because of what he does. Yeah, I think the only segment that really didn't make a lot of sense was the Stokely Hathaway 
uh, group. Yeah, I didn't like that. That just segment, felt out of place. Once again, there. it is what it is. It's us versus them. I guess is what you're trying to. If you're trying to get a real heel heat there, I guess maybe I don't know. I didn't, yeah, I didn't like it either. But it, the show more than but made overall, it's great. More than made up for it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you even get the happiness to end the night. You go, Daniel Garcia in his hometown becomes ROH Pure Champion. You know, Wheeler Yuta shakes the hand. Uh, Brian Danielson shakes the hand, puts the belt on him, Jericho's seething. So now we have you set up storylines? What yeah. the fuck? We're setting up storylines. I know. I mean, hell, Jungle Boy setting up storylines with him and Luchasaurus because mm-hmm. uh, Christian Cage is going to be out injured. That was beautiful. I'm like, going, I'm sitting here going, holy shit. Where was this weeks ago mm-hmm. or months ago? I'm like, this is what we need to do. But it was the perfect thing to happen after all of this with the egg on your face. But here's where we come to the end of the, the, the program here and then closing what needs to happen. And what we saw this past week on Dynamite, they need to replicate, not not the exact same thing, obviously, but they need to replicate it on Rampage. Mm -hmm. And they need to replicate it the following week on Dynamite. And they need to replicate it the following week on Rampage and the following week in Dynamite and and keep it going because the storylines are compelling people. Let's let people forget about the bullshit that happened. If down the road they can squash their differences and they all come back from suspension and we can make some money off of it, fucking great. Mm Mm-hmm. That's the, the, and by the way, once again for my work friends, doesn't make it a work. It just means that hey, we got past it, and we're gonna we're gonna cash in on this fucking headache. Sure, but if we can't get by that, here's the thing. I want you guys to know this. Between the legal legal ease of this, right, and that's why there's a third party. What's going to come down to for some of these parties is going to be simply as this: Can we get past this? Are you willing to play ball in our atmosphere? If not, we have more than enough evidence to terminate your contract. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly, folks, what's going to happen. I hate to say it. I don't want to see anybody lose their job. Even CM Punk, who I don't necessarily like. <laughs> right, but I don't want to see him necessarily lose his job, and I would love to see them make some money off of this fucked upness, right? However, that is why the third party's involved, please believe. AEW can more afford to lose Punk than they can the elite. Mm. And I'm going to tell folks why. The elite started this company. The Elite has a hardcore following. There's 600,000 uh, subscribers to the BTE. Right. Their videos do between four and 600,000. So that's the majority of your viewership at mm-hmm. AEW, right? That's like half. Easy. Mm-hmm. Easy half. Here's the problem. You get rid of them. Where do those viewers go? Also, with not having 90-day no-compete clause and stuff, you get rid of the Elite. They are showing up on the very next WWE show mm-hmm. with a live mic. And Triple H is going to sit back. He might he might as well bring that throne from yeah. Cody Rhodes' house and just sit on it and go, ha, 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 there it is. Game over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, legitimately, you're, you've hit it right on the head. Punk, I mean, Punk ain't going back to WWE. Triple H doesn't want nothing to do with him. No. And that, mark my fucking words, you will never see CM Punk in WWE. If the elite leave under these circumstances, it's game over for w, or AEW and it's not even close. Sorry, I, and I'm not wishing this, mind you. But you hit it right on the head. When you take the founding fathers completely out of the equation and bring them over to WWE, there's a big void to that fan base that has been there since day one that I don't know if anybody on that roster can really completely fill as it stands. And that's the situation you have. With Punk... I don't want any of this to happen, by the way. I'm right. just giving the facts. No, this is, no but this is, just a, uh, this is a realistic situation that unfortunately could happen. And in comparison, too, with Punk... Whatever is going to be the fallout from this, if he comes back, and I stress if, because personally, I don't think he comes back. That's just my opinion as we're recording right now. 
But if he comes back and he's willing to try working with everybody, then they could actually capitalize off this and really do some numbers. But you got to put a lot of egos aside, and obviously we're seeing with the, what we've seen over the past couple of months. I don't know if he's going to be able to do that. I'd love to see him do that, but we'll have to. Obviously, time will be the teller of that. I think this past week on Dynamite is exactly what AEW needs to do and what it sounds like they're doing in the locker room currently. They need to heal themselves, they need to come back out, and they need to be strong as possible. If we can make some money off of it in the long term, that'd be awesome. If not, write it off. As of right now, I would just write that shit off and let's move forward. And that mm-hmm. seems to be what they did on Dynamite this week. And as long as they stick to it, kudos to them, and that's the best thing they can do. However, if they abandon that plan and they drop the ball, it's going to be a big time mistake for them because it is not a good time to get to to right now. Back when Vince was running WWE and it was half on its ass. <laughs> yeah. People people, you know, this wouldn't have affected business too much. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? No, absolutely. But right now when they are back to being the king of the jungle, if you will. Mhm. It's hard because now, you know, you're the strong gazelle that keeps getting away and gives them, you know, a little, you know, nudge. Mhm. But if you're a wounded gazelle, you're not going to give them much of a, a fight. And trust me, when they get hungry, they're going to swallow you. And I'm not saying buy you or put you out of business because impact is still around. But is impact doing the numbers they once did? No, of course not. But that's the whole thing with WWE, that they wait for companies to try testing them to fail because every single one has not been able to duplicate that success thus well, far. The, the problem is everybody tries to compete with them mm-hmm. on an equal playing field, but yeah. you can't. You, you have can't. to you have to do something different and bring in a different audience and and capitalize off of that and grow from there and that's what AEW did in year one mm-hmm. that's what they need to go back to because that's when the fans fell in love that's where the fans have been lost along the way in year two they were drawing over a million consistently right but then they started falling off because when they started trying to copy WWE uh huh people noticed and they went ah eh, we don't want to watch wrestling and turned away and then the casuals which I know AEW fans will always talk shit about the casuals right mm-hmm. the diehards on the internet think that they don't exist or something it's weird but they must because all of a sudden Raw's back over 2 million yeah because the fan base got reignited because the ones that got so jaded about the product have come back and you know what Triple H has balanced that line from the WWE universe to the NXT universe Oh, he's I, made it, he's, he's, made he's it doing a full he's doing a full makeover yeah. for everything, and it's fine, whatever. And once again, like I said, this is not mostly about WWE, but you have to say that they're out there. You have to know the boogeyman is fucking real. Oh, of course. And right now, the boogeyman is sitting back and he's looking at a wounded victim, going, "Okay, how much longer do I wait for that victim? How you know what? Let's let's let him lose a little more blood." Let's let them get weakened so they can't fight at all, and then we're going to finish them. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly what's happening right now, folks. Is they're looking at this going, whoo. Now, this Wednesday kind of went, oh, maybe they got fighting them, so never mind. Yeah. But they have to keep that up because if they get bogged back down into this bullshit and nonsense, it's going to be game over, man. Game over. And, I mean, we're not even jumping into the things that, you know, we found out this week that there was a conditional release of Malachi Black. Mm-hmm. Which now most people are f- speculating it's a six-month no-compete. Bef- you know, so he yeah. get his mental health in order is what they're saying. And if that's the case, please do. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really want him to. But a lot of people are saying, well, he's going to sit out his six months or whatever it is. And then he'll be right back in World Wrestling Entertainment where he should have been because now Triple H is in charge and will use him how he wanted to use him as the New Age Undertaker, in my opinion. And then put him right around WrestleMania time, too. Yep. So that's a very dangerous place to be. And I get it. I get it. But Tony Khan, he's got to be smart sometimes, man. That release might come back to bite him in the ass. It will, but I th- I think it's 
the one that he really has to watch for, and, and as we touched upon too, is the elite. I think that that would be the more backbreaking blow. Oh, absolutely. Malachi is going to be a is is a blow because it's like, oh, I went over here, now I'm going to go back over and I'm going to show you what a star looks like, mm-hmm. and that's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry. It oh, just absolutely. Is. Triple H was already pushing him as the new age Undertaker, and that's what he's going to go back to be. And you'll see this. It's going to be nice. Mm-hmm. It's going to be some pretty shit. And for wrestling fans, we'll win. And that's not, and, and you know what, though? Giving kudos to TK. I know I said that I was whatever, but TK, kudos to you for not holding somebody hostage. Yeah. Because it does look bad if he's saying that it's mental health, which it could be. He could be He could be struggling. Sure. I'm not saying he's not. But I just think that when that can no competes over, he's going to go to the back. And I think Tony Khan knows that, too. I don't think he's dumb enough to believe that yeah. he's going to come wandering back to AEW. I think he already sees what hap- was happening in AEW. He got lost in the shuffle and goes, oh, shit. Well, in the meantime. Yeah. The guy who wants to push me is in charge, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that that guy is going to push him. His wife, and by the way, not contract tampering with his wife, because mm-hmm. his wife just happens to work for WWE. So if if his wife's like, hey, you know, as a wife, be like, hey, you do know that you know Triple H would always still love to push you. Yeah, you can't. It's not called contract tampering because she does not. She doesn't represent the company in that way, mm-hmm. and she's his wife. You can't say she, he can't talk to his wife. Exactly. So we don't know what went on behind closed doors or whatever. Once again, if he is really fucking, no matter what, get better in whatever you need to get better in, man. Because Malachi Black's a, a fucking tremendous, tremendous talent. Mm-hmm. But I still fully see him going back to World Wrestling Entertainment. Of course. And that means people are trying to bail shit, baby. And I think the AEW needs to rally the troops like this. We can continue to rally the troops so those those troops don't want to keep bailing ship. Mm-hmm. Because if the cracks in this, think about it. Why would you want to be in that locker room? Like, well, well, like that, that locker room is not just CM Punk versus the elite. That locker room was also Sammy Guevara and Eddie Kingston. That locker room is there's a lot of fucking things going down in that locker room. Well, that's why this moment is rock bottom. I mean, literally, you it could could it possibly get worse? Of course. But I think that now the people that really need to step up and say something are finally doing that. That's the Jericho's. That's the John Moxley's. They're the ones that are going to get this back on track. Otherwise, this is going to come down crashing and burning all over the place. Because could it get worse? Absolutely. But I think the veteran leadership is finally taking a stand. And I think that they're doing the right thing. Because if the EVPs are gone, Punk is gone, there is a little bit of a power vacuum in that locker room. Somebody's got to step up and fill it. Right. And just so you know that we're not bullshitting here in terms of closing, Eddie Kingston was on a special edition of Busted Open Radio. You can find that on SiriusXM. And he did say, and I quote during his interview, people think a lot of the stuff I do is a work or whatever they want to call it, right? Everybody likes to use insider terms. Everybody loves to be in the know and all the dirt sheets and all that stuff, right? I'll give it to you plain and simple. I don't like Jericho. I don't like Brian. I don't like Claudio. I don't like Punk. Those are the people I don't like in this company. There's nothing you can say or do or tell me that makes them different to me. I'm going to keep that to myself. And when they asked him why, he goes, I'm going to keep that to myself because people don't need to know inside baseball. No offense to the fans, but the curtain doesn't have to, to be getting pushed back all the time. Look at the inside and look at the people who let stuff leak out. They need it leaked out so they can have interest in them. I don't need anything leaked out about me for the people to relate to me, to like me, to hate me, whatever you want. End quote. Perfect. And once again, Kingston proven once again that not everything's a work. The difference, though, between Eddie Kingston and some other people is Eddie Kingston's a professional. Mm-hmm. And he went out there and worked with people that he didn't like and still worked with them. Yeah. 
So at the end of the day, that's what you need to do because you don't have to like all your coworkers. I know God, ever all of us have jobs and we probably don't like everybody we work with. Mm. There's nobody I've ever met that's like, everybody I work with is the greatest of all time. <laughs> that just doesn't happen, folks. So I get it. But let's, let's as fans... Mm-hmm. Let's continue to support AEW. Let's continue to support them as they go forward. Let's not barrage them with questions about uh, what's happening with Punk and the Bucks. You're going to find out when it happens. Right. Uh, let the let the process take care of itself. What we need to focus on as fans and as you know, as the as the opinion media, not the news media, because we're not the news media. Mm-hmm. We're the opinion media. What we need to worry about, and others like us, is focus on what they're doing right now. Whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, that's what we have to focus on. The in ring. Yeah, we're going to talk about what happens backstage. Yeah, we're going to say, you know, bring it up. But at the end of the day, what washes all that away as a fan is when I watch a great product on TV. This past Wednesday on, on Dynamite reminded me why I was a fan of AEW because it took me back to year one for the most part. Was it a perfect show? Absolutely not. There's no such thing. However, it was a very good show and it was a good healing show. If they continue that trend, it's going to be where I'm at. Yes, I'm going to keep my ear to the ground and find out what happens. I'm going to keep my eyes, you know, forward and we're going to report the news and give you our editorial opinion on everything, right? That's mm-hmm. what we do here mm-hmm. however if the product stays good we we will support them forever and i think that's how people should be at the end of the day that is our responsibility as fans and as people who look at this as a fan and i think right now AEW is in a weird spot they have gone through a storm <laughs> and they are not quite out of the storm they're out of the eye for right now they've gotten to the outskirts they're they're, they're paddling out but they have to continue paddling out because if they go back in I don't know if they come out because once again, I don't think that some people are wanting to leave AEW necessarily because of AEW. I think it's because of what's going on in the back It's by what's going on in the office and all of that's connected. And one day you'll find that out one way or the other. So as fans, let's support it. Let's, let's see where it goes. Anything you want to throw out there in conclusion? I think if you're an AEW fan, this is a rally cry for you that Wednesday night was probably one of your lowest moments and one of your highest. And if you really want to see your company succeed, switch the narrative to what a great match instead of what the fuck happened. Because that is what they should be doing because there is so much negative press going on right now with your company. You need to spin your own narratives and start talking about Rampage this week actually looks fantastic. And you have a main event with Claudio versus Dax. You have Serena D versus Madison Rain. And then Samoa Joe is going to be on the show. Like, you have one that is going to be a very, very solid match. And for Rampage that doesn't do so well in the ratings, and if you live and die by that, this is something that you should be paying attention to. This is one that should generate some buzz to get you back in. And this is what you need to do carrying this momentum forward to Grand Slam. Give yourself baby steps before trying to run the mile. And I would like to add this part of all of this. Um, we'll talk about it more on this upcoming week, 607 TWS, when the, the, the actual real episode comes out. I'm going to be in attendance for the, my first AEW show this upcoming Wednesday for Dynamite in Albany. Mm-hmm. So I will be there live. I will be taking pictures and stuff like that for the show. But uh, I will be there live. So I, I'm kind of interested to see what goes on. I'm kind of see, interested to see what goes on a live show and see how the feeling of it is and see if it really is life-changing like some people make it think. Yeah, some people said that. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you all know. But uh, we'll talk about it more on the upcoming episode of 607 TWS. And I'm just excited that I get to see Danielson and Jericho and uh, Moxley and either Guevara or Darby. Yeah. 
uh, I'm assuming it's going to be Danielson and Moxley in the finals. That's my assumption. That doesn't mean it will happen. Mm. That's my assumption as of right now. With that being said, though, Ken M, tell the fine folks one more time how to find yourself in the Ocho Duro Parley Hour podcast. Very simple. Swing on over to odphpodcast.com. Join the conversation on social media accounts. They're all right there on the front page with the T Public link and the Patreon link. One tier, $2, and a lot of content on the way. Parlay points, a new blog's count anywhere will be out at some point this weekend. I'm trying to line up a really good article for everything because obviously. AEW has been dominating some uh, most of the headlines, but there is some good wrestling to be talking about. So definitely want to try making something worthwhile for you to check out. And anything else that you need to find that is the ODPH can be found at ODPHpodcast.com. Absolutely. And keep it simple. 3FNpodcast.com. All the social links are there. Patreon link is there. T Public link is there. Links to friends of the show like the ODPH is there. Uh, the music links are there. Uh, mm. Local sponsors like Dragon Master Games. DragonMasterGames.com for all your Magic the Gathering gaming needs is there. Check them out. Everything else, everything you need to know. 3FMPodcast.com. Can't say that enough, right? Mm-hmm. With that being said, thank you guys for tuning into this special edition. I hope we've shed some light on all the nonsense going on. I hope that we answer some questions. Of course, we're always there to talk to everybody on Twitter at ODPH Podcast, at 3FN Podcast. Hit us up. We're always chatting with people and having good conversations. So make sure you hit us up. But yes, going forward, hopefully this is the light at the end of the tunnel hopefully we're exiting the tunnel into another great area because as you know as if every company is doing good that means nothing but greatness for every professional wrestling fan with that being said we're going to say bye to you with the love letter to pro wrestling it's called one winged angel it's by our good friend second suitor check them out you can find them on both the odphpodcast.com and 3fnpodcast.com with that being said for myself for ken m until this upcoming week 607 tws take care of yourselves take care of each other and most important Importantly, later, wrestling fans!
towards me A smile I see Connect from the top ropes One, two, three 